This is the double whammy of the Wallexis podcast. You are listening to a second installment, so to speak, wrapping up the group stages of the African Cup of Nations so far. Wale is here. He is Wallexis as well, and also Wale. I don't think that's so hard <laughs> to put together. Ini is here as well, and Devola Dibanjo is my name. And we are talking the Super Eagles straight up. Now, the Super Eagles of Nigeria finished second in Group B. I remember very clearly when the group draws were made in Egypt the other day and everyone said if we don't finish top of this group the players should as well pack their bags and come home a lot was said really and I think it's just normal that everyone expected that the Nigeria team finished um, that group first place but that didn't happen lost it on the final day to two goals against Madagascar the first one was an error from um, a defender Leon Balogun the other goal was a deflected free kick Nothing that really could be done about, guys. But that's how we ended. That's how Nigeria find you know themselves. Is there a deeper problem to start with, or it's just those two fluke two goals we can call them um, that Nigeria had no response to? Madagascar actually played better than Nigeria. True, they had good movement. You know, they they looked more threatening. Did they really play better, or it was their structure to nullify Nigeria that they did? That's the first question. Okay. Because we probably should look it up. I don't think they created more goal scoring chances than Nigeria. Um, I don't think that they threatened Ikechuku Ezinwa a lot of times than Nigeria were in their half. I'm just saying, they probably nullified all of Nigeria's attack and then the team had no response to it. Is it that they came with a game plan? I don't think they needed to do any nullification for Nigeria. We, we were very, very disjointed. That's to show how bad we were in the game. We gifted them an early goal and then they felt, okay, they can play with more freedom now. And that's what they did. You know, they went in, they just passed the ball around. They tried to hit us on the counter. And really, there wasn't really much. It was more about the coach's selection. He, mm. he, he made some really really poor selection i think i should just pick it up from the selection now because i mean we've played three games and we've seen um lots of personnel coming and go which if i am correct shows that the team probably do have squad depth the selection against madagascar saw ikechuku Ezenwa in goal which is interesting because anelakwe was in um, goal for the last two matches chidoze awazem became a repeating or reoccurring figure since show abdullah got injured knowing that jamie collins is still unfit Leon Balogo and William Trist Ekong, the popular Oimbo World, came in for the first <laughs> time in centre-back pairing. Ola Aino also played all three games, was in that match. The interesting bit in the midfield was John Obi-Mikel. Now, let's talk about him particularly. John Obi-Mikel was, um, started the first game against Burundi, was substituted, didn't play the next one, and he seemed to cut a very controversial figure on his role in the team. How do you weigh his performance so far in the tournament? Against Burundi, I thought he was decent. Um, had made some good touches on the ball, moved the ball around very well. He was decent as an attacking midfielder. Midfielder, yes. He mm, was decent. Decent, yeah, decent. He, at least he held the ball and was passing it. Nothing spectacular. Wasn't creating enough. And bringing bringing the guy in in this game was quite. Um, I didn't know how to react, and but it was a game that we knew the manager was going to bring changes. So bringing Mikel was was okay. He's the captain of the team give him some game time. But I think John Mikel being, I'm sorry to say, I know I was one of the guys saying he should be in the squad and I still think he should be in the squad, but not a playing personnel because he looks like he hasn't got that mobility for not the position a he's playing. Personnel. Does that sound very 
posh, Wale? Yeah, maybe maybe it's harsh. Maybe it's harsh because in the number ten role or playing at all. I think there are some games where I mean we didn't expect to have any challenge um, in this group. We expected all the teams to sit back and defend, and then we have to come at them. I think there are some games, you know, going into the business end of the tournament where we need to just shut teams out. Maybe we have a lead and we want to just kill the tempo of the game. You can yeah, bring in Mikel for, for, for games like that. I didn't expect to see Mikel start any game at all for me. I think we're having too much. We're giving, especially Ini, you know, in the first podcast, he did the <laughs> same thing. You're giving too much respect to Mikel. And, and I mean, he has lost his... And deservedly too. Yeah, deservedly so, um, Ini. I totally agree with you. Would you say that this braveness, if there's a word like that, Wale just said about benching a player like Mikel, is something Roa is lacking because if Roa could be brave and start the younger players, we'll see a different kind of play generally. Who would you have started in place of Mikel today? Because truth about it, we only have four. He didn't pick Shemi Ajayi, so we only that have four. That is exactly where so, I am going. Yeah, so we have just four midfielders actually. So Mikel has to play. Exactly. That is what I'm saying. So he had to play the game today. Uh, when we okay. did the fresh okay, podcast, let, no, no, we talked about it. Our squad was in balance. We went to a tournament with four midfielders. Who's four? If Wilfred Didi gets injured, that's the end of our tournament. Yeah, you said that in yeah. the first We podcast. said that the first time. I, t- I tweeted that as well. You know, if Wilfred Didi gets injured, that's the end of our tournament because he looks like the only guy. I mean, I know the table has done well, but Didi looks like the guy in midfield who's ready to give 120%, who's oh, ready oh, to oh, chase oh, things. Okay, let, let's look at the, the whole lineup now. We've seen lots of players feature as substitutes, some starts. Um, we've seen what they can give. The only players that haven't featured so far are Francis Uzoho, um, which is surprising. He didn't really have much playing time at his club, so yeah. I'm, I'm sure Roy is punishing I think for it's that. surprising in the sense that none of our keepers have exactly given us any ounce of confidence. How about you let everybody test out what they can really do in that game? We wouldn't okay. have been worse. That's why okay. I'm saying Victor Osime hasn't featured as well. Um, and Henry Oyekuru. No, Jamily Collins is injured. Oyekuru didn't feature in the first game. Oyekuru didn't, oh, okay, okay. Oyekuru didn't feature in the first game. Victor Osime, not so surprising he didn't feature in the second. I think he's the third in ranking of the strikers. But this would have been the kind of game, game you play, he could the, have played. You, you play Victor Osime and I'm playing Henry Oyekuru as well. Okay. Let's not throw the daggers out yet. Let's just pick out our starting eleven against Ghana based on all of the performances of these players that we've seen so far. Who will be in goal for you? Um, Daniel Bay, even though I, I have my heart in my mouth every time he, there's a <laughs> shot at goal because he doesn't seem to be a safe pair of hands, uh, quite yeah. honestly. And, yeah. But the one reason he's playing, I think, is he looks like he's the only one who can play with the ball, who can pass out who can I think Ro wants he doesn't even pass out I don't know if you agree with me Wally. I was thinking that why does he get the ball every time he doesn't even play with the defenders in front of him he rather sends it out Maybe because he gets close down at times but yeah. I think he looks like the guy who can yeah keep... which, which and I think passing out of the back is something that you know, Ro is wants really, to do yes yeah. exactly And he really wants to play, has... play that kind of football so. yeah. but, but it looks like we're stuck with Daniel Aquari to be yeah we, we are and, clearly and I think there's something about a natural progression where once the manager um, kind of makes it clear that you're the one who starts. You just have it's to wear low. that. Exactly. You have to take on that badge and play anyway. Yeah. So Daniel Akwe starts. We have Daniel Akwe right back. It doesn't look like Jamilu Collins is fit based on the reports coming he, from... He said Shewa Abdullahi and Jamilu Collins would be fit for the round of 16. Okay. But do you think they should start immediately? No. Keep Jamilu playing. Collins maybe? 
No, I'll keep playing um, the guy playing at fullback, Chiduzi. I've been very surprised by him, quite honestly, because I've been one of his biggest critics. You know, I've thought he lacks composure at times. He mm. doesn't look as short on the ball, but he's he's really surprised me. He's played really well, not necessarily doing anything um, fantastic in terms of going forward, marauding on the flanks, but. When he's caught upon in terms of his defensive duties, he's been very solid. Yeah. In the game against Chile, especially, he just went about silently doing his work really diligently, and I like that about him. I'll actually but start, I'll actually start Lionel and Jamie Collins in that game. I agree because, with I agree Because with I actually want to get the best out of a, a, a flank. If you're going to be the right or the left, let me get the best out of it. But guess what know. with Lionel? You know, I saw him at Torino last season, and I think he's getting more custom, more comfortable playing, playing on, the, on left. the left side but with then, his right foot. Yeah, but then he has to switch to his right foot first. You know, and that you know that takes yeah, a bit true. of. Yeah, that's true. I noticed a bit. Yeah, of that yeah, he does that a lot. I noticed a bit of that today. It takes um, a but, bit but of. But I will go with Wale, like you said. To be honest, I will just have Olaino back on the right and Jamie Collins. Plus, you know, it's a round of sixteen. You get knocked out and and you go home. You really have to throw just, anything yeah, really at this kind of game. So we have Olaino. The centre-back pairing, I'm just going to sit on the fence about this. William Trist Ekong and Leon Balogun considered two goals today. Leon Balogun particularly at fault for one. Kenneth Omero has been in blistering form. I presume he's going to start. Definitely. But with whom? He'll start with Trust Ekong. Yeah, Trust Ekong for yeah. me. He'll start with Trust Ekong. Okay, fair enough. I think you should start with Leon Balogun, but that's just me. Um, <laughs> we all know why. Why? Why? What could that possibly be? I mentioned that in the last podcast. People that don't know should go and listen to that. Actually, it wasn't in the last podcast. It was. Actually. I'm sure. I'm it sure was. it wasn't. Oh yeah, two uh, podcasts before now. I'm sure it wasn't. The reason wasn't in anyone. It but was because <laughs> I mean, I don't. I really don't like to be held to any ransom. He thinks I have a crush on Leon Balogun. I think I don't. I think that it's very easy to defend a player who rarely makes mistakes although happy he's belated birthday now. to him by the way yes um, belated that was yesterday okay great um, happy birthday Leon Balogun since yesterday going forward now we could have a general consensus that Alex Wobie will start in that number 10 role and Wilfred Indidu will start um, um, right in front of the of the centre back yes. that's the thing is Ogene Karo Etebo and Indidu how do you think those two have, how do you think their partnership have worked because they look to be the constant thing in that midfield um, for Etebo, Etebo is hardworking, and it, I don't think he's like for like um, with with Didi because Etebo likes to get on the ball and and run with it, you know, make passes, and Didi just wants to win the ball and give it to someone. Yeah. He doesn't want to. No, in the, and actually I like it. does a lot more than that with the super goals. And he and he showed some of that, you know, when he came on against um, Madagascar. Yes. Which I, I can't really make up my mind if it's advantageous or disadvantageous because what you need from a player like that really is to get the ball and give it back. And I think it's probably going to be unpopular opinion, but it kind of um, also inhibits Alex Wobi's play because what he needs is to be a player who is where he's supposed to be as a 10 and pick out people ahead of him, people running in front of him. But when you have someone like Inidi with the ball in those kind of spaces, yeah. what on earth is Alex Wobi supposed to do? And it happened prior to um, the tournaments. I saw that a lot with the tournament. So Inidi is not the best passer of the ball, but he tries to do a lot of passing. I don't know, I'm just saying. But we do know that he's one player we absolutely cannot do without in that squad. But I mean, we we expect um, Etebo to be a better 
pass um, out of the yeah, ball. Yeah, and then be able to motor with the ball better. Which is why I was asking, how do we think that partnership has worked? Has Etebo actually been influential so far? Especially owing to the game against Madagascar. It seems to be doing a lot of things, but nothing really impactful. Yes. Mm. Yeah, yeah it, he's, he's almost everywhere, you know, gets you on get. the ball, a lot of touches on the ball, but um, nothing in terms of going forward, because when impact can be seen in two different ways, yeah. can be expressed in different ways, because he does a lot of work for, for us in that midfield in terms of, you know, closing down people, snapping at heels, winning the balls, those physical battles. But in terms of going forward, and I said this before the Nations Cup, we seem to lack that bit of spark in the middle of the park where someone can get on the ball and, you know, that needle eye of the needle sort of pass thing. I think we, we can, it. we will have had that if Shemi Ajayi was in this tournament. Shemi Ajayi knows how to move with the ball, you know, and make some very decent passes. We're really short of options in midfield. So it's either we play Wilfred um, Indidi alongside Etebo or we play him with um, John Ogu. Well, well, what I do me. understand now is. I mean, if we're looking at, if we're going to really scrutinize both players. Etebo is not actually the best pass out. Well, in fact, someone said that his role, his ideal role, is playing right behind the striker or very close to the striker. That's yeah. he's more impactful. Yeah, exactly. So he he's more impactful he in the box. No, because when he was playing for Warri Wolves, that's where he was playing. When he was playing for the under twenty team on twenty three, that's where he was playing, just behind the striker where he packs a bullet, packs yeah. an absolute bullet. Exactly. What exactly. About the but if you where did he cover... play at the World Cup? He played at that number eight role at the World Cup. He played as a box-to-box in the World Cup. I know. And I thought yeah. it was good. No, I thought it was, but he's. I, I just feel like his impact is beginning to to not be as solid as usual, especially if you're having a team where your your forward line are not exactly moving and you have to move the distance from the midfield to the fo- to the. By the time he's reached where he's supposed to give a pass, he's exhausted and his his final yeah, product exactly. is actually mm. not so good. So I feel if we are really going to have a better game, players like Wilfred in the but I I think they have been good. They have been more than decent compared to any flaws we've seen. But personally, they will need to do better with their passing, yeah. which is where we can't really fault. I don't know who wants to, but I don't think we can fault Alex Wilby. But let's just say we've covered the midfield. We know who we start. The front three remains that enigma in the team because we've seen Ahmed Musa, we've seen Samuel Kalu today. We've seen um, Samuel Chukweze as well. We've seen Moses Simon. We've seen Moses Simon and um, yeah. Paul Onachu. Paul Onachu. Let's start with the wingers first because it looks like Ra would opt for a 4-3-3 as always. Let's speak about the fourth here. Who should be the, the guy on the right and the one on the left? Samuel Kalu definitely should start. Yes. On the left. Sam, whatever, whatever Sam, Samuel Kalu should start. I, I like him. I like him. It's very... But we saw him against tr- Madagascar. How did you think he fared? He had a very frustrating game. Yeah, yes. very, very frustrating. And credit must be given to the Madagascans, quite honestly, because yeah. they, they were able to ensure that he doesn't have enough space or room to run at people. Because, you know, most of these guys, you know, thrive when they play against teams who give so much Space. green grass behind yeah. you know when they see that green grass they can attack but with the madagascans they start really deep you know when you sit deep it's hard to take people on because where where exactly are you going to so yeah. it was hard but against ghana or in the second round rather any team would play you would think that you will play a better side who who will probably you know come out and play some yeah, football yeah. and, yeah, and that's where that's people what, like samuel kalu thrive generally what mm. our attack need um to be honest because i always predicted we'll struggle against him that yeah, sits back. back yeah um on the right if we play ahmed musa ahmed musa or samuel chukwese on the right let me start let's start with that i think ahmed musa um i, I think musa yeah i don't I, i'm, I'm I, not his I, biggest I would, fan i would actually prefer that we start musa as a sub 
you know but I, I, on, i'm not i'm not right? so impressed with um, moses simon if not i would have picked moses simon to start ahead of chukwezi and musa how, how, how about we throw in the Moses joker how, how about we try how about we try when Henry he came on, he played on the left no, but he played, a, he played on the right against um, Guinea and he played as a wing back when we were with the ball and then he switched it, um, to assist Awaziam in the right back row you know when we were defending and I thought he was effective in that role and then Odion Igalo starts I mean that looks like the best team we can give on paper, but why exactly don't we have that fluency, you know, that we need? Is it you just know, because we have played teams that have sat back? You know, if you say Odionigalo up front is our best option, I, I would like to disagree because if we're gonna play Alexi Wobi, who I expect to make those passes and he expects runners to, to be in front of him, I'll play Onyekuru instead. But I know I I, I don't expect Raw to pick Onyekuru ahead of Odionigalo. I don't expect that. That's that actually too. another interesting thought, to be exactly, honest. Exactly. What's the worst thing that can happen with having? I mean, we are talking about lacking movement. How about then we play three attackers who can actually switch, three attackers who are free flowing and, and can play behind someone like I'll Alex? I'll play Lube. Musa up front. I play Musa up front. And the, the reason is, Musa is the best finisher in our team. If he gets a chance, he's going to finish. If he gets that opportunity just somewhere in and around the box, he will finish. And his movement is good. He can he can play on the shoulder of the last man. He can spin in behind defenders. And that, that's what you want. That's something that Odion Igalo... So it would be interesting if we play Musa, Chukwezi and um, Sam, Sam Kalu. Kalu. That would be very interesting. Do you, think that, do you think that this should have been the game? Um, going to rush it up, play that. Yeah. Should have tried that. Yeah, yeah it's possible. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Try something different, and yeah. I, I don't know if he's under pressure to play Gallo because if you're ringing no, changes, I, I don't even. Well, I, I totally agree with you, but I don't think he's under any pressure. I mean, we have never gotten the impression that his team is being selected for him or certain yeah, yeah, players yeah. owing yeah. to how sure. he has made bold substitutions in yeah. the past. I mean, a player like what's the name of this midfielder from Trabzonspor? Again, Yonazi is nowhere near the squad. And again, Yonazi <laughs> is one of the most powerful players Misty. in the Super Eagles. Yeah. He's friends with every official. I mean, he's he's a very loved guy. Um, so we are not suggesting or nothing has shown us that Genot Rua is being forced to make True. any player. But what Gallo also brings, aside the experience, he's probably the best goal scorer we have in that team. Yeah, man, he takes his chances w- w- when it comes, even though um, he's not, his ratio he isn't quite that impressive. But he's a guy who, if he gets his chance, he's going to take it. I just don't like his all-round play. That's my problem. Yeah, yeah he's not exactly a good player. I don't like player. his all-round play. I, I he, he likes ball ball to fit. I don't like his all-round play. Uh, and he relies he relies more on his strength than his movement, yeah. which is not so good. Exactly, for us. which is where yeah. I think. I, I mean, I don't think the problem we have is in defense or in midfield. I think it's just in the front three. It's it's a case of movement. I saw today where Alexi Wobi was trying to play ball inside the area after I received the pass from there outside the no area. Nobody was running. Yeah. Everybody was stationary and it happened against Guinea as well. It is so frustrating. But I think we've raised very good points saying maybe Odionigalo should come on as a sub. It could, it could actually even be impactful as a sub like we saw against Burundi and, have, be, and have three three players. But what if we just switch this up and play three at the back? At least it gives us more men forward, more men in areas. I, I think, and then I you think could have... You could have um, someone playing behind, or Ahmed Musa playing behind an actual striker, which could even turn out to be more um, effective, as with Iceland. To be realistic, if, if we're going to be you know, very truthful to ourselves, if Kenneth Rod didn't try to play someone else up front against Madagascar, we don't expect him to change. 
um, Odionigalo up front. Yeah. But just saying, I mean, yeah. it's possible that he he tries to switch things up. Then, I mean, we have a lot of um, supporting strikers and we have a lot of runners in the team. We have Victor Sime, we have Henry Oyekuru, mm. we have Ahmed Musa, Samuel Chikweze, who I think would be better fit to play alongside Alexi Wobi. So I would prefer that he plays those players um, and they'll combine well. I mean, we saw a lot of combination play between Iwobi, Chukwezi and Musa when he came on against um, Burundi. Sorry, when he switched to the center and it was yeah. good. So I still expect um, Igalo to play. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we're playing we're playing Ghana. Yeah, it's, it's, it's Ghana really. I'm sh- I mean, this is why I, I mentioned earlier that I think selection is really going to raise headache. If you ask me, whom to select is probably the worst part of his job. Playing Igalo could work. Playing Igalo and maybe Musa close to him can actually work as well. Yeah. Like three at the back formation. You would see Olai not playing up top forward. You would see Moses Simon probably also on the right. Olai not on the left of, of a three at the back formation. Have, yeah, Wilfred Ndidi, Etebo, and Alexi Wobi in that three and playing like um, Olaino Mus- and Moses Simon. Or you yeah. could even opt then for a Samuel Chukweze if it feels like it with that pace. No, it makes sense if you play three at the back. So you have Omero, Ekong and Balogun like you mentioned. You have Etebo and Indidi in midfield. You have Iwobi, you know, playing behind yeah. Igalo and Musa. Then you have Simon and um, Aino. Which I, I think I th- I are think better that, fit. Yeah. I think we have players that are suited for the three at the back system. Yeah. yeah. We have Omero who is suited at the, in the back three. We have um, Simon who plays as a wing back for Levante. We have Torino's um, wing back on the left, which yeah, is but, a lineup. And I think that is most likely going to happen because it's it's very familiar for Genoa to switch things up like this when he's up against opposition. We needed to win against Iceland, I think. We went three at the back against Iceland. Yeah. And then Argentina as well. It was three. it worked for a while. I mean, Argentina also was three at the back. I feel he will play three at the back. So wait, you're, you're saying that um, going into the fourth game of the competition was still not. I don't think you should try to risk. The game against Madagascar was a game where you should try anything you want to try. I mean, that is good. But, that but is you, actually you, good. You can't be approaching um, football matches the same way you you can't be approach every football match the way you approach exactly. the last one. I mean, you've got to look at the strengths of your opponents. You're looking at a Ghana who've got pace, you know, um, on the flanks, through the middle, Jordana you, you've got players who, who can hit you on the counter. So you're going to approach the next game by the strengths of your opponents. Because if you think, okay, today I play 4-3-3, that's what I play. But do you think Ghana's pace... Um, would cause a problem for a three at the back formation. I I I don't think it's, I don't I don't think the, it, I don't think it's going to. I, I don't think it will it will, it will, it will give us problems. If, if there's anything, it's actually going to make them feel like they have the opportunity to hurt us as well, which then means it provides spaces for us to work with. If mm, you ask me, yeah. I think so. Yeah, they won't think, sit back. Yes, like we, um, we Burundi won't have, and we won't have a we won't have yeah. a team sitting back because the worst thing we can do is walking into a team that is deciding to sit back. We don't have Apparently, that creativity to break have, them down. Exactly. No, no. Ghana so Ga- Ga- really too proud. They, they won't do it. They, they won't say exactly. that back. I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll come Nigeria. out. Yeah, it's Nigeria. I mean, we've got to come out and play. But but speaking of um, a team that also has that will be throwing our ego on the line. I think if there is anything the Super Eagles are known to do, it's raising their game in um, in tandem with the opposition they are exactly. facing. Cameroon World Cup qualifiers, Algeria World Cup qualifiers, Iceland when we needed to get three points. Argentina wasn't so bad until 
um, Messi and the other guy happened. <laughs> um, you think this is a game they can get all three points against Ghana? Yeah, I, I think that we can beat Ghana. I really do. And and I've seen in this tournament, it's becoming a trend. You know, when you play against a better side, you tend to raise your game. You tend to step up to the plate. And I expect the Super Eagles to step up to the plate if they play Ghana because um, there's a lot at stake apart from qualification to the quarterfinals. There's pride at stake. There's bragging rights. You know, you really want to go out there and perform for the nation. And I think we'll raise our game. I think um, it will really suit our football very well because of the pace we have up front. If the Ghanaians come out and attack and, and show some impetus, it, it would give us a lot more um, room to, to really play the kind of football we want to play. But please don't just start Mikel Obi, please. Do not, <laughs> don't, don't start him because in that kind of game, uh, uh, yeah. that the pace of the game will be relentless. I saw the Ghana game against Cameroon. I'm like, if you play against Ghana, you've got to know how to run. You yeah. just have to know how to run. And yeah. so you don't need someone who gets on the ball and it's a bit sluggish and a bit meandering on the ball. You need someone who gets on the ball and can and, and, and and release it. it. Which, which is a very good point. Well, you did mention at the start of the second podcast that you think Nigeria, despite um, the defeat in Madagascar, will make it all the way to the final. This is the right time to plug in why you think they will make it to the finals, explaining why you think they'll be Ghana. I think, like you mentioned, our strongest um, lineup would be that that will feature a three at the back system. I think we have players that are suited for that system. If you partner Ahmed Musa or Johnny up front, and you have Olaino and Moses Simon on the flanks, and you have Alex Iwobi just behind the two strikers without so much defensive duties, just to do the creativity, I think that's our best lineup, really. We can go all the way with that lineup. Fair enough, but it's just really surprising why you know we didn't see any sign of that lineup in the group stages. To be honest, it's really, really surprising. That is one of you know, if anyone would say the frustrating things about Genoa, whom it, it would be too early to call for his head at any stage, yeah. right? Considering, let's just say, assuming rather, we don't make it out, um, we get knocked out in the round of sixteen. No, you can call for his head if we don't make it out of the round of sixteen. But why would that be? Because it's a Nigerian thing. Well, no, sorry, okay, but, it's but an African th- that thing. Is, that is very true. But logically speaking, now if we had finished top of Group A, there's a chance we would have played South Africa. Yeah. Top of Group A, rather, we would have played South Africa. We could have, but I don't even know if that holds a lot of water to be honest, because there's still an option to play Zimbabwe or Kenya, and it could have been either of those two to be honest. But it doesn't look like it's going to get any easier um, as the competition goes up, because even after the round of 16 we are still going to meet either of Algeria, um, we could end up meeting Egypt as well if my calculations no, are I correct. No, I don't think we can make Egypt yet. Okay, let's see. We could meet... Let's not go into details. Yes, but there's a chance that we are also going to meet all of the, the top teams going yeah, up. Yeah, definitely. Is it a bit unfortunate that we are meeting a heavy rivalry in Ghana? In so Ramos early. Um, may, maybe it's unfortunate, but Again, if you're going to a tournament with the, with the mindset of wanting to do well in the tournament, you prepare for everything. Exactly. You, you prepare, prepare to, for to, meet the to, to, beat, to beat the best sides. And yeah. if you can't beat them, and then it's sorry, I'm sorry, you're not good enough. Exactly. So you've got to go in with the mind that you can play anybody. And on the strength of the first games I've seen, the Super Eagles play and the Ghanaian games, I think the Super Eagles will, will go into this game as favorites because um, the Ghana side have struggled, you know scored two goals against Benin Republic, then couldn't score against Cameroon and their last game. So, we'd go into the game, we would back up, back ourselves and fancy our chances against them. And I don't think that was done a bad job. And people 
tend to forget that if you have seen every game at this AFCON, you would agree with me that the gap is gradually closing between the, the relatively smaller teams and the big sides, you know. Smaller teams are going into games thinking, you know, if we play well, we'll get our tactics right, we can we can get a result here. So, Gennaro's done a good job. And when I said, you, you fire him, I, and I said, because we're Nigerian, because that's how we do things, you know. A manager goes to a tournament and, you know, it didn't just happen for him and then you fire him and forget that you've been building something over a long time. So, keep him in the job, even if we get knocked out. Keep him in the job, let him build. The only reason I would have said Gennaro would be, should be fired is if we got knocked out in the first round because that would be utter embarrassment so he's gone on to so allow him allow him to to, to continue what he's, he's doing uh, and i guess you agree with that Wally. yeah i do but i mean um it's also be interesting to note that the game against nigeria and ghana would be a game between two teams that have failed to you know live up to the billing yeah and they could you know just have a very fantastic game mm. ghana could just have a good game against Guinea-Bissau in their last group stage match and then they go into the game against Nigeria very very confident yeah so I'm saying that the game could feature two sides that could possibly turn up and then we would have a very explosive tie Nigeria to win Nigeria to win yeah Nigeria and, to and win judging by no, what we've and seen and this has nothing to do with patriotism yeah. I, I, th- I think Nigeria would win judging by what we've seen so far from Ghana I've seen a few players in the tournament really step up to the plate, you know. Uh, at the start of the tournament, people were saying, um, would Gunnar would Gunnar draw play uh, um, Leon Balgon ahead of Canada Muro? But in this tournament, we've seen what form can do. Canada Muro had had a brilliant season last season and it's coming to the Africa of Nations and it's almost been head and shoulder above every defender. He's yeah. been absolutely brilliant. And you play him, I've seen a few players who are eager to achieve something and that desire of wanting to achieve something, particularly when you're not given any chance, is something that will spawn the Super Eagles to go on against Ghana and pick up the necessary win. Okay, by the time we will be um, back speaking about this podcast, Nigeria probably would have beaten Ghana or Nigeria probably will be on your flight back home to the infuriated number of fans um, at home who really Nigeria fans really are the worst I'm telling you (laughs) we are so passionate about football and um, Nigeria fans are the worst like especially in this Twitter age and I will never forget the World Cup those players were bullied those players had to literally take off their comment section after they lost to Croatia most especially Odonigalo and I think comment section is not back till now yes Odonigalo came in after Argentina it got worse like because he's he's gone that Mr. Sita but I'm talking about (laughs) Croatia as soon as we lost to Croatia these and you know the players were flexing before the, yeah the jerseys and no, everything the jerseys the jumpsuits which you're wearing <laughs> which you're wearing yeah there is this park they went to before the tournament yeah it's and they had nice some park. nice shots and they had great shots <laughs> <laughs> so imagine two days after losing to Croatia lord Nigerians totally didn't care that Croatia were a better side they just went in on all these players but yes um, hopefully Nigeria get the win over Ghana and hopefully Kenoro get his selection right yes Kenoro I think has to get his selection right he has not done so badly to be honest but, yes, but I think the squad is is a very tricky one that's the way I will put it thank you very much for listening to this episode we hope we have made a little bit of sense if there's anything any sense I think we have made is coming to the conclusion that we need to play three at the back position against Ghana <laughs> that is the best we can give but of course we might be wrong we might be just football Einstein like Joseph Marino used to say Devil Adiva Andrew is my name Wall exists 
of Wolex's podcast has been here. Actually, it's Wale of Wolex's podcast has been here. And Ini, thank you very much for thank coming you. in. Um, remember, you can catch these podcasts and other previous episodes. Um, Wolex's podcast, that is, on iTunes, on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor app as well. Thank you very much for listening. Cheers.